morning, everyone. So here we are at the end of our E3 at the Movies series for this summer, 2008, and we are concluding with The Incredible Hulk. And uh, interesting movie actually asks a lot of uh, pertinent questions that I think uh, we ask through uh, our lives. Uh, went to the website and got the movie synopsis, and I wanted to read that to you before we jumped in there. Uh, a cure is in reach for the world's m most primal force of fury, the Incredible Hulk. We find scientist Bruce Banner living in the shadows, scouring the planet for an antidote. But the warmongers who dream of abusing his power won't leave him alone nor will his need to be with the only woman he had ever loved, Betty Ross. Upon returning to civilization, our brilliant doctor is ruthlessly pursued by the abomination, a nightmarish beast of pure adrenaline and aggression whose powers match the Hulk's own. A fight of comic book proportions ensues as Banner must call upon the hero within to rescue New York City from total destruction. Some would ask why bother, but <laughs> sorry, commentary. One scientist must make an uh, agonizing final choice, accept a peaceful life as Dr. Bruce Banner, or embrace the creature that he could permanently become, the Incredible Hulk. Let's pray. Dear God, just, uh, I just pray as uh, we look at the Incredible Hulk today and uh, look at your scripture that you'll just uh, open up our hearts and minds that uh, when you'll challenge us to uh, really open up our eyes to uh, the stories and the images that are all around us that teach and uh, that we'll ask the question and take time to, uh, to ask the question, hey, is this reinforcing uh, principles that you, my father, want in my life for these things that are eroding my relationship with you. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this movie does raise some interesting questions, and you heard a lot of them in the, in the preview, but what do you do with past mistakes? I mean, as a follower of Christ, really, you know, you have all of this baggage. Some of us have past drug use. Some of us uh, have uh, hurt people that we uh, love dearly. Some of us have stolen. Some of us have gone to prison. Some of us have uh, done, you know, unthinkable things. Sometimes uh, some things have been done to us. And really, one thing that we all really do have in common here is we all have a past. And we all have elements of our past that, you know, haunt us at times. That sometimes for some of us, we are controlled by our past. And as we see in, the, in this movie, uh, Dr. Bruce Banner, he also is dealing with some past decisions that he made, and, and now there's something inside him, inside him that, that comes out that he's afraid of and is ugly, and it's separating him from the one he loves. And I don't think it's a very large jump to say, you know what? A lot of times our past mistakes, our hurts, our, you know, things like that that control us separate us from the ones that we love. And then there's the other question of what about the other side? What if there's somebody who 
we deeply care about who is being controlled by something from the past, who's being haunted by this, who, who can't be the person that God has designed and envisioned them to be because of these things in the past. As I looked at this, and uh, I kind of wrote a synopsis of my, my own, it was interesting while watching the movie, there was lots of different avenues that that uh, could have taken today. In fact, originally before I saw the movie, I thought we were going to talk about anger. I thought we were going to talk about not sinning in our anger. And watching the movie, then I started thinking about, you know, different things about being careful about, about what we expose our, our life to. But one message actually started coming out that that really, I really felt that God wanted us to look at today. And, and I just wrote this little synopsis that Dr. Bruce Banner wanted to get rid of any trace of his mistake of exposing himself with gamma rays that turned him into the Incredible Hulk. He pursued anger management courses, yoga, heart rate monitors to hopefully prevent him from being taken over by his past mistake. His dream was to fix himself that he, so he could be reunited with his love, Betty Ross, and lead a normal life. He hid the results, the result of his past mistake deep inside him because he never wanted her around when they came to the surface because he feared that she would reject him or worse, he would hurt her. Her father, General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross, pursuing him, thought the same thing, and he wanted his daughter to see him change. And there was this one scene in the movie that, that changed the whole direction of today. In the scene, ge the general was trying to change, make Dr. Banner angry so he would change into the Credible Hulk. And his daughter, Betty, comes to him and says, Stop, stop, don't do this to him, I love him. And he replied, wait until you see him. Wait until you see him. And this is the fear that, that Dr. Banner had, that if his loved one ever saw his ugliness, or what he felt was ugliness of, of, the, of the Hulk coming out in this past, this past mistake coming out, that she would reject him. In fact, her father thought the same thing. If you can see this person's past, you will, and see what has manifested because of it, you will reject him. And I think many of us fear the same thing. That we're, we're haunted by our past. We, we, we hold on to these things and we're, we're desperately afraid that, that, that people will will know of them. And if they know of these things, then they will reject us. I remember early on in my uh, Christian faith as I was starting to get into youth ministry that I, I had a tremendous amount of guilt over, over my past. And I, I didn't feel that God could use me. And I've had many conversations with people here who, who feel the same thing. Past mistakes, 
disqualifies them for any type of ministry. And I was really feeling that way. I, did, I felt that, that, you know, I wasn't qualified to be a youth leader, and I definitely wasn't qualified to do a, a lot of things that it looked like God was starting to open the doors to. And I remember sitting with the youth pastor, a dear friend of mine, and I was pouring my heart out to him and just saying, well, man, I, I, I don't think I can do this. I'm not like you. I'm not like all these other, you know, church leaders who got it all together and, you know, they've always gone to Sunday school and, and all that kind of stuff. And I remember he looked at me and, and, he, and he said, have you ever went out and contracted someone to be killed? I said, no. <laughs> and he said, well, have you, you know, ever uh, sold your body natural uh, favors? And I said, no, you know, I haven't done that either. He, he went through and, and, and said, have you, have you ever in, you know, publicly just denounced Christ and said that you, you had no part of him and, and didn't know him since you've been following him. I said, no, I, I haven't done that either. And he says, I guess you're right. You, you don't qualify to be one of his greatest servants. And I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? And he started saying, look, Paul, he was hunting followers of Christ. He, he had one uh, that, uh, one that we definitely know of. His, his, his signature was on his death warrant. He had people who were prostitutes that Christ invited into his inner circle. He had one that he made, made the, the, the leader of the fledgling church who, who denied him flat out three times among a whole other list of things. And, and what he was trying to communicate to me is, look, your past doesn't disqualify you for future ministry in the kingdom. It prepares you. That it's part of you. And you have to start thinking differently about this. And we're going to be in Colossians today. Colossians chapter 3, and, and, and it is a letter from Paul. And I think it really gives us a new perspective on how to look at our past and, and to see how we go forward as followers of Christ, knowing those dark things that are in our lives. I heard a story about having a new perspective. And last week we talked about... Uh, how my daughter says, you know, uh, you know, we're not thinking correctly when we 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 aren't thinking like her, and I think that that uh, I think that a lot of times we really we we we're not thinking correctly. We're not thinking like a king. I heard a story about a a, a, a golfer who was a well-known golfer, and he was invited to Saudi Arabia to to play golf with uh, a Saudi king. And 
he went and they played golf and they had an amazing time. And as the golfer was getting on the plane the, to go back to the United States, the, the king said to the golfer, he said, I want to give you a gift. You came out all this way to play golf with me. It was such a wonderful time. I want to give you a gift uh, so you can remember this time, our time together. And the golfer's like, no, you are a wonderful host. It was my pleasure. You need to do this. But the king was very persistent. I want to give you a gift. So the golfer's sitting there, and he's like, and he had his golf bag with him, and, and he's, he's like, well, tell you what, why don't you, why don't you get me a golf club, and every time uh, I use it, I'll think of you. And the king said, all right, that sounds good. So they part, and, and uh, the golfer's back at home, and a week passes, and the golf club hadn't shown up, and he starts thinking, going, wow, maybe he's making me like a really nice custom golf club. Maybe, you know, it's going to have a titanium shaft or, or a carbon shaft, or maybe it's going to have a diamond head. And he started kind of thinking, what kind of golf club would a king give me? And a week passed, two weeks passed, three weeks passed, and then he started thinking, the king has forgotten about me. What a jerk. He said he was going to give me a golf club. And, and, I, and, and he's got all the money in the world, and he didn't give me squat. And after several weeks, one day he heard a, a, a knock on the door, and he goes there, and, and uh, it's special delivery. And, you know, I asked to sign for it, and it's this uh, envelope. And, and he opens it up, and he pulls out a deed to a 500-acre golf club. Right on the coast. You see, we have to think differently. We have to have a new perspective. We have to think like a king. We have to change our thinking to be in line with God and not be limited to what we have experienced and what we have seen. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, Paul writes this. He says, look, since you have been raised to a new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in a place of honor at God's right hand. Think about things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God, is safe is what he's saying. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. All through this chapter, we're going to have this imagery of putting to death our old life and experiencing a new life. And I think it's interesting how our instruction here is to have our minds on the things of heaven, not the things of the past. And it's very difficult to do if you're living still the life of your past. But other, elsewhere, Paul writes that we need to strip off all of those things that hinder us from going to the goal. And I think it's very easy for us to get into a mindset of saying, you know what, I can't do this, or I shouldn't do this, or or Christians, don't, 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 don't. In fact, unfortunately, 
followers of Christ or Christians are, are known better for what they're against or for. God says, look, be for the things of heaven. Be for being out there and being the tangible hand of Christ. I've learned something about don'ts. You know, if we don't do something just because we're not supposed to do it, and that's our only conviction on that matter, we're going to do it eventually. Just uh, for me personally, something that's always been very, very real for me is my diet. And uh, I used to have stickers all around my office that said, I'm tired of being fat. I had a, a sticker in my wallet, I'm tired of being fat. I was fat. In fact, I, I uh, had a picture uh, with uh, some friends over the other day, and, and uh, they saw a picture of me. And they, they, they didn't even believe it was me. Because although I had the desire not to carry that weight, I had a greater desire to eat. And just because I knew I shouldn't eat a second or third dessert, or even a first dessert, in, in my case at that time, it wasn't a big enough thing, just saying I shouldn't. And it wasn't until I had a goal and where I started to be able to say, you know what, I'm heading somewhere. And for me, it's triathlons, but for you, it might be something else. And this is a principle that goes way beyond just physical well-being. This is something that goes with your spirit and your emotional being and everything. So just saying I shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't is not good enough. You have to have as a crystal picture in your head of what you want to do. And I wanted to be able to cross the finish line. And this is what God is trying to instruct us here is, don't say, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, just because I shouldn't. Instead, have your goal and your thoughts fixated on those things of heaven. And those other things, you will start to see that they are hindering you from achieving those things that God wants for you, achieving the vision that God has for your life. And you will start to make the correct choices to move you closer to those things that God will have for you. And we need an elevated understanding of that. And this is what, in verse 5, he starts saying, look, look put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, or evil desires. Do not be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. Check out the transition here. He's looking, he's, he's saying, look, Keep 
your eyes focused on the goal. Keep your mind fixated on those things of heaven. And put to death, don't control, don't compartmentalize, but say, you know what? These things are being put to death in my life. And then he goes through uh, a few examples of these things that erode our spirit and erode our soul. And then he makes this transition very quickly back into moving forward. He's like, look, you used to do these things, but not anymore. And now it's time to get rid of anger and rage and malicious behavior and slander and dirty language. Don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and it's all and all its wicked deeds to put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, uh, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. What is being communicated here is so profound. Because saying, look, you need a totally new understanding. That, you know what, Bruce Banner, Dr. Bruce Banner, in the movie, he tried all of these different kind of self help things. He tried to do yoga to, to control his anger. He, he tried to have a heart rate monitor to make sure his heart rate didn't get too high so he uh, wouldn't turn into the Incredible Hulk. That, that he tried all of this meditation and all of these different things to control the rage what was inside him. And I so many of us try to do the same thing. We try to control the uncontrollable. The truth is, all of these things are more powerful than us and will erode us and will destroy us if we let them. And that's why we need a new way of thinking, a new paradigm and saying, you know what, it's not a control thing, it's a put-to-death thing. It's a thing that just, you know what, I don't have the power to do it, and I don't know how to do it, but what I do know is how to focus on those things that are pleasing to God. And to keep my eyes directly on those and want my heart and pray that my heart will be pulled to the things that God care about. For I will be able to strip off this, this old nature and these old things and be able to put on my new nature of who God has designed me to be. And he gives us a new course. In verse 12, he says, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Listen to this next part. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you? I think that's something that so often we we don't do. And in the movie, again, when we 
we saw Betty and, and, and the general saying, look, wait till you see his faults. Wait till you see him turn green and, and, and you know, his shirt rips off and, and, and he's growling. You're not going to want to be around him anymore. And his line of thinking was correct. But he missed one crucial thing. He, she truly loved him. And she wanted the best for him. And because of that, she made allowances for his faults and was able to get him on a track to be able to embrace the things that he needed to embrace and, and reject the things that, that he needed to reject. And then he continues on and says, Remember, the Lord forgave you. I think we often forgive that, forget that. <laughs> we needed forgiveness. So you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful which is the opposite of greed, which we saw earlier. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Saying fill it, because if your life is filled with Christ, there's no other room for any of that other junk. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. And then he transitions and says, Look, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do as a representative of the Lord Jesus, as an ambassador of Jesus Christ, giving thanks through him to God the Father. You know, we're going to be having baptisms coming up here in, uh, on Friday. And in Colossians chapter 2, just the previous chapter, Paul talks about baptism. And I think that, that it just kind of fits so well with this message of, of putting to death our old nature and be a new creation in Christ. And that really is symbolically what baptism is all about. In chapter 2, verse 12, Paul writes, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. You're, you're put in the grave. And... With him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. And then he goes on and tells us really the whole message of the gospel. You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all your sins. All of them. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by being nailed to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. How can we be free from our, our past? How can we help those who are controlled and haunted by their past? There's really only one way. 
And that is through a personal relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. When you enter in a relationship with the creator of the universe and you accept what he did on the cross and you give your life to make him the leader and Lord and Savior of your life, then, and only then, do you have the ability to let the past fade away into its proper place and be able to keep your mind on heaven? And the interesting thing is, when you are no longer controlled by your past, God has a way of using those past hurts and those pains and those things that you are afraid that anybody would ever know. And he uses them in a great way to bless and minister to other people. And I used to laugh when I was, I used to try to live such a controlled life and I used to tell people that it's, it's so funny, it's so ironic that I used to try to keep control of my life all the time. And by doing so, I never had control of my life. And it wasn't until I gave up total control of my life that I finally experienced a controlled life, a life in control, but not in control by me, but in, in control by the designer of the universe. Now let me tell you something. He's a lot more qualified and able to make a course for my life than I ever was, am, or will be. Pray with me, guys. Dear Lord, just uh, thank you for everyone here today. I just uh, know that so many of us have pasts, pasts that uh, a lot of us are just uh, ashamed of. God, I just pray that you will free us from those things that uh, we will accept what you did on the cross, that we will let our old natures die the death that you desire it to do, and that we will clothe ourselves and have a new nature and a new mind. And we will begin to start thinking correctly, thinking the way you think. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.